Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today, we're going to learn about sharks and plaid. I'll be the guesser today, and Paige will be the researcher. Let's get rebutted. Hi, Rachel. Hey, happy new year. Happy new year. How was your new year's? Well, you know what? I woke up and it's 2021 and everything is all better. We don't have to wear masks anymore. We can go socialize with people. We can go. The the economy is great. I have a full time job and we can go do whatever we want. Yes, all of the world's problems are solved by one arbitrary position to the sun. Uh, Regardless, (laughs) I spent my New Year's Day mostly in my bed recovering from the arduous amount of drinking that I did on New Year's Eve. I see. Yeah, I uh, see. I thought I had plans on New Year's Day. And so I woke up early. I took a shower. I ate a bacon, egg and cheese to try to get over the night we had the night before bacon egg and cheese and halfway three quarters of the way through my bacon egg and cheese which was pepper jack by the way Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. get a phone call saying that the day's plans were canceled that sucks yeah it was rough well regardless we're gonna put all that behind us and we're gonna talk about sharks i have never been more excited for an episode in my life I am also surprisingly excited about this episode. I wasn't, like, when I started doing the research, and now I'm kind of excited about it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's start by just getting your general opinion about sharks. How do you feel about sharks? I think sharks are so cool. Do like, you? I, I love sharks. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I'm, I like sharks, too. I don't like them as, like, most not most animals, but like as like my favorite favorite animals, but they're probably my favorite cold-blooded animal. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some knowledge. How old are like sharks as a whole? Like, I don't know how many years it is, but they've been around since basically the beginning of Earth. Hmm. Do you want to give like a specific million years or so? Like how many million years? Or like billion, right? Give two billion if you want. I don't know. I guess they're like a few billion years old. Like they weren't first in evolution, but they are aquatic. And I know that they are like as old as like the oldest dinosaurs. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. So it's not like a billion years old, but they are 
evolutionarily like very very old yeah according to c dot museum quote sharks have existed for more than 450 million years whereas the earliest tree lived around 350 million years ago not only i love it yeah right not only are sharks older than trees but they also they are also one of the only animals to have survived four of the five mass extinctions. <laughs> now that's impressive. Well, wait, was there a mass extinction before sharks? I don't know all of the mass extinction events that happened, but I do know they survived the dinosaur meteor. Well, I guess what I'm saying is if they survived four of five, that implies that they didn't survive one, but they're still alive today. Oh, we'll get into that. Don't you worry. Oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> very soon. Don't worry. What is the largest shark to have ever lived? Is it the great white? No, but I'll give you a hint. Um, it's no longer alive today. Do you need like hints on like the name? Yeah. Um, Mega. Megalo. Very close. Oh, okay. What was the name of the youngest child in Wild Thornberries? Uh, Megalodonny. Yeah, Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> Megalodon, or as his friends call him, Megalodonny, um, wow. was a prehistoric shark. Megalodon means big tooth, and... It's a lot like how the great white shark was, but it was, like, way bigger. Wow. Yeah, it lived 20 million years ago, and it could grow up to 18 meters or 59 feet, which is about a school bus and a third's worth of shark, and it weighed up to 25 tons. That's crazy. Yeah, he was a, he was a big boy. Now, great whites are also extinct, right? No, great whites are still alive. Oh, I thought they were all turned into ice cream bars. Oof. No, no, they're okay, right? Well, they're not okay, but, like, they're alive. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Ice cream bars. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I don't know about ice cream bars specifically. Yeah. Yeah, in elementary school, in the cooler, there were these great white ice cream bars. They were, like, sorbet bars. They were lemon-flavored. Oh, see, I didn't ever really get hot lunch as a kid, so I was never really in that area that much. Yeah, I didn't buy hot lunch all the time either, but once in a while, you know, if I had an extra dollar, I could go get a great white. Oh, yeah, I never never went to the ice cream cooler. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, right? So, like you were saying with, oh, they survived four out of the five, the Megalodon was the one that did not survive <laughs> the one. Oh, rip. Yeah, why did he go extinct? Well, okay, which extinction was this? This was the Pylocene extinction. The Pylocene extinction. Well, I think that sounds like fire. Okay. But sharks live in water, and but mm -hmm. the Megalodonies didn't survive the fire one even though they were in water. So, um so wait, so the question was why didn't they survive? Yeah, why did they go extinct? Why did they go extinct? Okay. So um, basically what happened was the Neanderthals had an oil rig in 
the center of the ocean where all the megalodonies were and the oil rig leaked and so it set the ocean on fire and wiped them all out ah so a bp style oil spill kill all the megalodonies is what you're saying yes but with fire but with fire gotcha so it's the exact opposite of fire quick history pilocene era was 2.6 million years ago scientists aren't entirely sure why it happened but because like they were super good at hunting and mating and whatnot the best guess is because of global cooling oh climate change yeah so basically what happened was panama became a thing which severed the connection between the pacific and atlantic ocean which in turn stopped allowing warm water to flow between them which in turn caused the entire temperature of the globe to plummet, specifically in the oceans. And because, one, the megalodonies were cold-blooded, and two, all of their prey, most of their prey was cold-blooded, it was like a knockout thing and just went up the food chain, and that's what killed them. I see. Yeah, I think um, today, with today's climate and today's geography, I could be totally wrong about this, and and listeners, please correct me. Um, but I believe that the west side of Panama, Costa Rica, that whole area, that west coast, the ocean is cold. And then on the east coast, even though it's not that far away, the ocean is warmer. Yeah, from the research that I've done, I can conclude with perhaps 60% clarity that Panama has a lot to do with how ocean temperatures are affected. Wow. Yeah, a lot about Panama. One so, time one time I snuck into Panama. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. How'd you do that? I can't I can't share any more information on these radio waves. Okay. Anyway, how many different types of shark species are there and name as many as you can? Okay, I'm not going to do very well at this. Do so, your best. Uh, alive today or in total? In total. You can include the Megalodonies. Okay. I'm going to say there's 35. Okay. And they include the Megalodonies, the Great Whites, the Hammerheads, the Sand Shark, the... Um, see, I used to have a two-year-old when, I, when we were teaching preschool who was obsessed with sharks i'm trying to remember oh okay yeah he knew all the sharks <laughs> uh, oh 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 there's the um there's the one with the really big tooth um i don't that is know not the megalodony i i will i'll take your word for it okay there's um there's fangs oh, okay um there's ocean goers Ooh. There's the freshwater mate. Sounds about right. And the and and the the jelly shark, which is part jellyfish, part shark. Oh my. So it sounds like you had a very smart two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> But it's time to get rebutted. Okay. (laughs) 
there are in fact 440 different types of shards. <laughs> Some of which you named. Don't know yeah. which ones, but <laughs> go on. A few fun examples are the goblin shark, which only lives thousands of feet under the water, and it needs the intense water pressure to keep its body together. There's also the basking shark, which is a filter feeder. And I think your favorite will be the lemon shark. Tell me about the lemon shark. The lemon shark is docile enough to be able to survive well in captivity and is the most commonly studied shark species. They're not really aggressive towards humans and they're very popular amongst diving enthusiasts. You know, I went to a college that's famous for its marine science program. Coastal Carolina, baby. And yet, I know very little about any of this. You weren't in the program. That's true, but one time I did find a really nice shark tooth on the ground on campus. Oh. I carry it around with me. Oh, very fun. Yeah. Speaking of teeth, how many teeth does a great white shark have? 69. Good guess. <laughs> <laughs> the short answer is 240. Ah. The long answer is great white sharks, along with like a lot of other sharks, lose and replace their teeth very often, like several times a day. So in their mouths, they have several rows of developing teeth growing to replace the ones in the fronts of their mouths. Great whites have 24 teeth actively being used, and then an additional five rows of teeth developing and ready to replace the 24. You know what's funnier than 24? 25. 25! <laughs> How long can sharks live? I feel like they probably all have different lifespans, but... Um... They do, but there's all there's like a general age range that a lot of them tend to fall into. I would say in the wild, they live to be about 90 years old. Mm, take a second guess. Less. Less? Less. Uh, 40. Closer. In the wild, most sharks tend to live between 20 and 30 years. There is a shark, though called the Greenland shark which can live up to 400 years Wow! and they're able to live so long because of the cold water combined with their ability to activate some kind of like anti-aging gene anti-aging gene yes very fun very fun oh. kind of like lobsters kind of like lobsters yeah so moving on to a different part of sharks the scary part of sharks how dangerous would you say that a shark is well i guess it depends on the context like they i would say in general the likelihood of like i don't know are we talking about prey are we talking about humans like what are you asking in context of you're chilling out jersey shore hanging out in the water uh, uh, I would say the danger is, is of being attacked by a shark in that sense is very low. Yeah, you're correct. Um, of course, like, if you see a shark, don't go near it. 
But according to the World Wildlife Association, there were only 66 attacks and five human fatalities due to sharks in 2018. But on the other hand, upwards of like a million shark killings by humans in the same year. Yeah. By this statistic, you're more likely to be struck by lightning than attacked by a shark. Yeah. And you're more likely to get COVID than to be attacked by a shark. You're way more likely to get COVID than be attacked by a shark. So make sure that when you go swimming, you're wearing your mask. Wear a mask while you're swimming. Yes. The shark won't recognize you. Yeah. I have never been attacked by a shark, although I have been in the ocean and seen a shark. Um, Yeah, they're not entirely uncommon. They just don't. And like, obviously, don't go near it, but it's probably not going to attack you. I have been stung by a jellyfish, but never attacked by a shark. I have not been stung by a jellyfish, and I'm terrified to be stung by a jellyfish. I won't lie. It hurts. Yeah. But but the scary part isn't the pain. It's getting stung while you're in the ocean and having to, like, remain calm and get out. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if I would react well. Because, like, I don't like being in the ocean in the first place. Yeah. Solely because I don't know what's around me because the water isn't clear, like how it is in a pool. So, I don't know. Just, like hanging out in the ocean then suddenly feeling pain that's just like terrifying to me because i don't know what it is yeah when it i mean well okay so i had never been stung before but when you do get stung you you know immediately what's going on like is it so like it's more it's like a stinging sensation being stung by a jellyfish yeah like the area feel like it felt really hot and then it felt like super tingly and burning and like it's unlike it doesn't feel like a bite it doesn't feel like anything else you've ever felt like from an insect it's like Mm. yeah it's because like the way that the pain happens is like as their stingers go over you you feel it in that order so it's almost like a wave of the pain i don't like that yeah yeah it's it's pretty weird i had the advantage of someone else had just been stung a few minutes before i was so like i wasn't that surprised when it happened and there was like a jellyfish warning that day Uh, yeah we should talk about jellyfish one episode yeah um that being said what should you do if you're attacked by a shark because it does happen you well okay first you should remain calm if possible mm-hmm. and you should try to swim away um kind of you got the first part right so a big thing to know is that sharks don't actively seek out humans for food mm. they just have really bad eyesight and are either wondering what you are or they're mistaking you for like a seal or something so if you just get like bumped by a shark you shouldn't freak out and try to get away because trying to get away will make it think that you are prey and will prompt it to attack if it does bite you the best thing you can do is make a grab at its gills to try and suffocate it or try to gouge out its eyes if you can't reach the gills that turned real metal real fast (laughs) Would you like to know where I got that information? Um, was it c.museum? No, it was mensjournal.com. <laughs> Mood. Oh, yes. So I'm just going to spoil it for you and say that sharks are endangered. 
if do you want to guess why sharks are endangered like most shark species are endangered well i think part of it is climate change and part of it is when uh humans go fishing they the sharks get stuck in the nets and then they die you are correct. A lot of it is climate change. A lot of it is sharks being caught as bycatch. There is a third reason, though, and the biggest reason is because sharks are actively hunted and killed to make shark fin soup, which is a delicacy. Um, it's very popular in China and Japan, but it's been making its way over to Europe in the past few years. Have you eaten shark? No, I really don't want to. I don't like fish, so I can't imagine liking shark. I I have eaten shark. Um, I bought it a few times and grilled it. It's pretty good. Is it? Yep. Mako. Everyone, be careful. If you're going to eat shark, make sure it's like ethically sourced. Yeah. So, after we've had our shark discussion, now how do you feel about sharks? I still love them. Good. I wasn't I wasn't sure whether or not I would get much of a change, but I figure in lieu of our panda propaganda episode, I should <laughs> I should also check how you feel before and after. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um still love pandas, still love sharks. Cool. Still don't really like pandas, still kind of like sharks. Okay. It's time for a word from our sponsors. Are you the American Citrus Council? Do you not know how to confess your love of said citrus to a certain pair of podcast hosts and desperately need to do so? Then you need the Lemon Shark. It combines the best of both parties, citrus and knowledge, about offbeat topics. Lemon Sharks are wonderful because they're docile, sweet, and chill, and would be a perfect symbol of partnership for any sponsorship deal. Go to LemonShark.org for details on a one-time purchase. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. American Citrus Council. We know Please you're out there. us. We know you're out there. It's okay to be embarrassed. It happens to all of us. But lemon sharks, very good symbol of love and trust. Yes. Anyway, let's talk about plaid. 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 Do you like plaid? I haven't seen you wear plaid that much. I don't own a lot of plaid, but I do like plaid for sure. All right. Gotcha. I freaking love plaid. I know you do. I love plaid so much. The red and black is my favorite. I have red and black plaid tape holding my laptop together. I have a red and black plaid jacket hanging in my closet right now. I have a red and black plaid mug that Rachel got me for my birthday last year. <laughs> Didn't I also get you the tape? No, Nicole got me the tape. Oh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You got me the B poster, which is actually just a bunch of postcards, but I treated it as a poster. Wow. Yeah. So. So. Before we can start talking about plaid, we have to discuss the difference between plaid and tartan. Do oh. You, yeah. Do you know the difference? I guess not. Can I Google tartan? Yeah. Okay. You should maybe also Google the pronunciation because I don't actually know if I'm pronouncing it right. Okay, so I'm looking at tartan, and then now let me look up plaid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. Okay, 
so it looks pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Do you want a hint? Yeah. The difference between them isn't necessarily appearance. Oh, is it the fabric? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Like the texture? Mm, yeah, it can be texture. Okay. The big difference is tartan refers specifically to the check pattern that we think of when we think of plaid. But plaid specifically is that same pattern, but in a thicker fabric, most notably wool. Okay. So, so, so where does flannel come into this? Flannel is considered plaid because it's slightly thicker. So, like, it's a square rectangle deal. Uh, all, all tartan is plaid, but not all plaid is... No, no. The other way around. All plaid is tartan. Tartan isn't all plaid. Got no. it. Yeah. yeah, so I think I have some shirts that are tartan, but not plaid. Okay, yeah. Tartan is just going to be, like, a thinner material. Oh, okay, basically. yeah. Yeah. Um, when and where was the first recorded use of tartan? Oh, um, I'm gonna say 1600s. Mm-hmm. Um, in Ireland? Um, Scot Scotland? Time to get rebutted. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the first tartan pattern was found on the Churchin Man, which was a corpse that was found in Central Asia. The corpse was wearing well-preserved clothing and most notably tartan pants. And it's believed that the Church of Man is at least 2,800 years old. This is an episode for getting rebutted. <laughs> I finally get one because you did too well on my last one. Yeah. Mm, knew too much about leaves and spice. Yes. Give me all of your leaves and spice. Well, now we're going to talk about plaid and sharks. What country specifically does plaid come from and what time period? You were actually pretty close on your last answer. Well, I thought you just said it was in Asia. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Plaid, not tartan. Oh, plaid. Okay. Um, somewhere amongst the UK mm -hmm. in, the, in the 1500s. Um, pretty close. Plaid originates from Scotland in the 1700s. You could actually tell what part of Scotland someone was from based on the color of the fabric and the weaving style the plaid was. And it kind of became like a status symbol, like specific to different families and clans. Classist plaid. Classist plaid, yeah, pretty much. Uh, oh, you'll like this. Uh, what was the political significance of plaid in the 1700s? Um, I suppose it showed your love for the royalty. I guess specific, more specifically, I should ask what was, like, the historical significance. And I'll give you a hint. The Brits were involved. So, uh, okay, so by wearing plaid, it showed your opposition to the Brits. Kind of, yeah. Uh, another quick history lesson. In the mid-1700s, before England was bothering America, they were bothering Scotland. So Scotland decided to make a rebellion out of it. 
The Scottish Highlanders wore a plaid pattern called Black Watch, which wasn't affiliated with any specific family or clan and essentially acted as a military uniform. Unfortunately, the Scottish resistance was defeated, and to add salt to the wound, England established the Dress Act of 1746, which banned tartans altogether except for military use, and it wasn't repealed until 1782. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Imagine you're going onto the battlefield and all the soldiers are wearing dad jackets. Oh, yes. Oh, do you want to guess the colors of the, like, the tartan pattern that they used for the uniform, the Blackwatch uniform? Was it red and black? Well, there was black, but there wasn't red. White. Nope. Keep going. Green. That was one of them. There's one more. Blue. Yep, it was dark greens and blues and, of course, some black. Now, how did plaid get popular in America? Well, (laughs) as the Brits started to bother America, Mm -hmm. there was an immigration of people from uh, that whole general area, and they came to America and they brought their plaid with them. And then it became well-preserved in some amber until <laughs> uh-huh. until the 1950s where it became repopularized. It's just a plaid jacket stuck in amber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my in God. In the mid-1950s, they recover maybe the 40s but i'm thinking i keep going to the 50s uh at some point they found this plaid jacket in amber from the colonial era they just find a well-preserved brawny man yes (laughs) oh my god and then suddenly it became the fashion of young children everywhere so okay so (laughs) Other than the amber part, you were surprisingly not that far off, um, which bothers me ever so slightly. There was... I I will say that my guess was an educated guess aside from the amber. Okay. So there was an author slash advertiser working for uh, Red River Lumber Company named William B. Lofhead, and he was trying to market plaid to American consumers. This was in like the 1800s, by the way. So he decided to write about a legendary lumberjack named Paul Bunyan. And he didn't actually make Paul Bunyan, but like there were stories about him already by word of mouth. So he's just the first person that put the stories on paper. And in his stories, he described Bunyan's outfit as brown boots, blue jeans, and a red and black plaid flannel shirt. So you're trying to tell me that in early elementary school, in library class, when they would tell us all about Paul Bunyan, it was based on an ad campaign. Yeah, actually, this was a big, this is like a big advertising thing. I hate capitalism. Oh, totally. But this is also, this also explains why Plaid is huge with lumberjacks. That does explain it. No, like the stereotypical lumberjack is based off of the Paul Bunyan outfit. That's That's why. Incredible. (laughs) I know, right? Like, I both love it and hate it. Like, I thought that they would be different answers, but I, I, 
accidentally stumbled across like a two in one. So that's all I had. I actually, I tried to do research as to why like plaid is such a big thing in the LGBT community, but I couldn't find any history about it other than it just like suddenly became all the rage in the 90s. In the LGBTQ community specifically or in general? In the LGBTQ community specifically. Like how there's that stereotype of like the lesbian in the final. Like I tried to find the history behind it, but I couldn't find anything other than like big names like Elliot Page wearing the flannels. And uh, there was one article I was reading, but Elliot Page was just the big name that stuck out to me. And <laughs> I couldn't find anything other than a bunch of people picking it up and be like, oh, this is cool. And then they started wearing it. Yeah, definitely in the 90s, straight people must have stolen it from queer people then. Sounds about right. I like to think that maybe it had something to do and like slightly mirrors the Scots and the Brits story as like a story of oppression and rebellion. And they wear it as like a symbol of what is the word? Unity. Mm. I like to think that, but I have no research to back it up. Ah, uh, well, I like plaid. I also like plaid. That's all I have. All right. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning into this exciting episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast about sharks and plaid. If you're still listening, you can send us topic suggestions to our email research rebuttal podcast at gmail.com you can also find us on social media on twitter at research rebut and on facebook and instagram at research rebuttal podcast let do us you, know um do you do you like plaid have you ever been attacked by a shark and send pictures send pictures of your shark attack and your plaid i want to see your plaid do you like red and black plaid like me or more, more like a summer plaid person I'm more of a purple plaid person, uh, so give us a thumbs up and subscribe if you're a purple plaid person. Also, give a thumbs up and subscribe if you're in the red and black camp like me. Either way, no matter how you feel about sharks and plaid, just uh, click like and subscribe. American Citrus Council. Please sponsor us. Please. We've given the balls in your court. We've given you our entire lives. I'm waiting. Please. Bye. Bye. Are you the American Citrus Council? <laughs> Can't do this. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.